Madigan, a seriously non-Italian person. Megan! I hear my mother call with her slight Irish lilt. My mother and father wanted to fit in when we came to New Jersey after Graham died, so they tried their hardest to lose their accents. Clearly, they didn't try hard enough. I'm not really sure why we had to move to America, but leaving my beautiful Irish cottage behind was hard. Aaron was two, and I was five when we moved here. Unlike our parents, Aaron and I have authentic semi-Jersey accents. That would have helped us fit into this all-Italian neighborhood except for our flaming red hair and milk-pale skin. We stick out like firecrackers exploding on a hot July night. Megan! I'm not calling you again! My mother yells. Coming! I jump down the stairs two at a time and scamper past my sister, who sits on the couch watching TV in the living room. Mom wants you, Aaron says, never taking her eyes off the screen. Yeah, thanks, I heard. I quip sarcastically. As I cross the room, I brush my hand across the strings of my harp that sits patiently waiting for me day after day. The only time I feel complete and content is when I'm seated securely behind it. In the kitchen, my mother is standing by the sink peeling potatoes. It's almost too cliché. I catch myself before I can let out a giggle. I need you to go to the store for more potatoes and eggs. The O'Connells are coming for dinner tonight and I don't have enough for all of us. Okay. The O'Connells are another Irish family that we spend time with. My mother met Mrs. O'Connell at a church meeting. They don't live in our neighborhood. They live a town over. They have two sons. Connor is Aaron's age, 14, and Troy is a year older than me, 18. He graduated last year. Me? One more year, thank God. Knowing school is almost over is enough to keep me going. Notre Dame, here I come. I received an early acceptance. Mange. To eat, and eat, and eat more, even if you're not hungry. Antonio. I walk into Nona's apartment still thinking about her. Megan. I'll admit I saw her coming and dragged out my cigarette a little longer than necessary. How could I not see her coming with that head of shocking, beautiful red hair? Ever since her family moved in, I've been fascinated with her, always silently checking my surroundings for her at school, at the movies, even in the streets. Meatballs, tomatoes, and basil mix into an aroma that wafts through from the kitchen. Even when Nonna isn't cooking, you can still smell the ghost of Italian food in the air and on the plastic-covered furniture. Tonio! She yells again. You leave it the girl alone, capiche? Nonna scolds with a ladle, waving it at my face. What, Nonna? I wasn't doing anything. Nonna's orthopedic shoes shift on the linoleum floor. She harumphs. I know boys are like you. I was young, too, you know. I saw you looking at her like she was a strawberry gelato. You're your father's son. Nonna, please. I shake my head. You gotta prove your worth. You could always count on one thing with Nonna. Yelling. It's how she talks. When she's quiet, you're in trouble. Now set the table. Nonna loads me up with dishes of food to take home to my ma. 
I placed them all on the floor of the back seat of my car for the two-mile drive home. I kiss her goodbye like the good grandson. Mom's beamer is there when I get home. I carry the food into the house. Ma, Nana's got food for you. I call out, heading over to the fridge to put the dishes in. While my head is still in the fridge, Mom comes around the corner. Hey, sweetie. She leans in to kiss me. Hi, Ma. I flip the door closed and pop a can of soda. Caramel-colored soda sprays all over the front of my white shirt. Ah, Fanabala. Hey, don't swear. My mom yells and clips me with her hand in the back of my head. Her slap echoes in my skull. Sorry, I mumble as I strip my shirt off. I gotta change before I go see Dad.